You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life, drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so grateful you could be with us because we've got another great show featuring Gina Campbell. Now, she is pretty phenomenal. She's got an extensive academic background. She has uh, written four best-selling books. This is one of the books that she's written. It's called Hope in the Corner of My Heart, A Healing Journey Through the Dream Logical World of Inner Metaphors. Now, what this is about is a getting clarity on the things that you are thinking, the things that you're telling yourself, the metaphors that you are actually creating in your mind to connect the mind-body together. She is explaining how this is affecting your life and how, even more importantly, how it can heal your life. So no matter the trauma in the past, it really is about the way you're thinking about that. And she has got a lot of solutions with her book, Hope in the Corner of My Heart. This is very, very terrific. So I want you to stay tuned as we watch this wonderful commercial. And we'll be right back with Gina Campbell. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net that's law of attraction magazine.net. Well, welcome, Gina Campbell, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am so delighted to meet you because I have so many questions. I've got to be truthful, Gina. I've never heard about clean language before. So it's like, okay, this is something that I need to know about. And then on, put on top of that metaphors oh my goodness this is something that everybody needs to know about so i am absolutely delighted and first what i want to do because you wrote this book and i've already talked about this in the introduction hope in a corner of my heart a healing journey through dream logical world of inner metaphors and I said all that, and I didn't even allow you to say hi. I apologize, <laughs> but I'm sorry. I'm so excited about this subject because it's something that we need to know about. Terrific. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I am delighted to have you. So can we go to back in the past and tell me, how did you get involved in this? Um, well, rather serendipitously, really. Um, 
I was uh, going through this change in my life, as many of us do, sort of in the middle period, and thinking I want to do something different. Uh, I was getting a divorce. My children were in college, um, empty nest. Um, I'm one of those people who've done a variety of things in life, but in many ways, they've all involved teaching in some fashion or another. Uh, and I decided to go back to graduate school and get a degree in school counseling. I thought I, I want to be back in schools, but not in the same way. Oh, and I was drawn to, you know, working with kids um, where I didn't have to be correcting them by correcting their papers and saying, you've done this wrong and this is the way. Uh, I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so I was in school, graduate school in school counseling and first came across poetry therapy as a method. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, here's this, my love of language and um, poetry and literature. And uh, the method uses those things as prompts to get clients to reflect. Um, and I was really enjoying that and still use it sometimes, that method. But I happened to pick up this book. And so I so encourage listeners, you know, follow that intuitive hit. I picked up this book and I thought, oh, it's about metaphors and psychology and this will be similar. Well, it was nothing like what I was studying, not in graduate school and not in poetry therapy. And it was about clean language. And um, it started me down this path, um, so much so that I did finish my mental health in degree in school counseling, but I never became a school counselor. I focused on mastering clean language. And then natural for me as a teacher, once I mastered it and worked with clients, but I wanted to teach other people how to do this. I thought I can have a much greater impact in the world if I empower therapists and counselors and, um, and coaches to use this with their clients, like, you know, potentially affecting thousands and thousands of people rather than the limited number that I personally would impact. And so uh, mostly now I focus on writing um, books um, and, um, and teaching other professionals. So this book you mentioned of mine is my fourth hope in a corner of my heart. The first three are for professionals, for therapists and counselors, and it's, it's a how-to book. This is the first one that's for the general reader as well as sort of curious professionals. What's it like? What's it like for a session? And this is the story of one client of mine I call Julia um, and her 12 sessions and her metaphor world unfolds in this amazing way. So that is fascinating. And I love the aspect that you actually begun a new life I did. at a later age. And that is true with so many women today, especially myself, Louise Hay, everyone, they become successful later on. And, and that's really important to realize life doesn't end after the children leave. Home. Oh, I think, you know, it's, it's in that middle age when we bring this experience and wisdom we have now to a new purpose. And I really look back on my life. I think, for example, um, you know, I, I work with a lot of therapists who've been doing it for 20, 30 years. And I think, you know, I'm so inexperienced compared to them, but I really trust that the universe gave me those 20 or 30 years experience as a teacher, because that's what I was meant to do with this counseling and coaching technique, teach other people how to do it. So I really embrace and trust that, you know, the universe had a wisdom of its own. And that's what I bring that's different than many of the other counselors and trainers and writers in, in my, my field. I bring that rich background in teaching and how do you break something down and how do you 
you know, work with them. I, I love teaching beginners, for example. Some of the other trainers, I mean, they're great with beginners, but they're kind of, you know, uh, they're into the advanced, complex. And I thought, oh, yeah. you know what? I've always loved teaching beginners because I love helping people get enthusiastic about something new. And I enjoy supporting them and encouraging them because this isn't easy to learn to do. And, you know, adults don't, Many times they've, they've not been a novice at something in a really long time. They're really good at things yeah. they do. And to be back in that position of not feeling confident and I'm not getting this, you know, they think in a day or two they should have it. <laughs> so yeah. I liken it to learning an instrument or a new language. It takes time, you know, and I, I like working with beginners and encouraging them. Stick it out. Yeah, and what's so exciting is that you're reprogramming their mind to accept something else. And that's so important, especially today. It is, but I uh, want to just stress that I think one of the unique, I don't know about unique as the only one, but the things about clean language is important, is I, as the facilitator, am not choosing what that program will be. Right. And that's really different from the way I was taught in, in counseling. You know, yes. reframe it for the client, tell them how to think better, consider this other perspective. But, but it's up to the client to reprogram it. What you didn't know, you know. Right. Oh, I love that. This is what's right for me. Right, right. As a matter of fact, you wrote a terrific article on that in the last July issue of Law of Attraction magazine. And I love that phrase. Say it again. Finding out what you didn't know, you know. It's so uh, so we could say, you know, on a subconscious level, you know things that you don't know on a conscious level. Right. And, uh, you know, we're somewhat aware that we make assumptions about what other people think or mean, but we also tend to consciously make assumptions about what we want or need or the reasons that we do things. And when you can find a technique like clean language that my metaphor is the subconscious and conscious minds, you get them in conversation with each other. Oh, yeah. And they learn from each other. It, it seems kind of illogical, but actually my experience with clients is our subconscious and, sub and conscious minds don't communicate all that well. They don't know what each other knows. Um, and so finding a way to help that connection, um, I find the common language is metaphor. They okay. both stand metaphor. Let's talk about the definition of clean language. I mean, some people would think that that has to do with no foul words right and so what is the definition of clean language well clean language was a term developed by its originator um the, the methods originator david grove who was a counseling psychologist and uh, coach from new zealand and so it's his phrase um so the clean referred to is um about me as the facilitator Staying clean, as we say, means that I'm not putting my own content into my client's session. So what do I mean by that? Um, a clean language question, and it's a questioning method, is mostly repeating the client's exact words. And that's a skill to learn, to listen so closely to another person that you're using their exact words. Because when you change a word, it changes... The whole thing. It changes the meaning. It changes the association. It changes the subconscious associations. You know, I was taught, well, use a synonym so the person knows you understand them. 
but my synonym is not what your word means to you. And so being clean is not a dirtying, if you will, or contaminating the client's um, whole story that unfolds by inserting my words, my metaphors, my ideas, my advice, my interpretation, none of that. Interesting. It's just giving you a chance to have an experience to explore yourself without yeah. interruption, without distraction, and just be with your words and your images and find out what you didn't know you knew. So it's like, in, in other words, everyone has their own definition of what God is, and they feel it. So how can somebody tell another person what God is when it's felt within? So that's what you're expressing, right? Yes, uh, and um, even to a much greater subtle extent. Um, I, I do in my trainings, I give you an example. Um, I, I have everyone, uh, I give them a color and say, write down 10, like word association, you know, free association. What are 10 things you associate with the color blue? And you have six people in a room, let's say, do that. And you'll hear a lot of sky yeah. and water. Uh-huh. Um, and then you'll hear things that might not be on your list, but you totally get it, like suede shoes, blue suede shoes, <laughs> or people might say sad, feeling blue. And so we all get that. And then you'll get some that are like grandmother. Well, you don't know why blue is associated with grandmother for that person. Um, or in my case, I might say, um, dress. Why? Because I'm an identical twin. And when I was a little girl, my mother used to dress us in um, matching clothes, but in different colors. Uh, so for some reason, she had asked my sister first, what's your favorite color? And my sister said blue. And when she asked me, I thought, well, I guess I can't say blue too. Um, so I said green. Um, well, for years after that, my sister was getting all the blue dresses. And I was getting whatever other color it came in because it didn't always come in green. So... <laughs> Not that I'm still resentful, <laughs> and I, I play that up, but my point is that words can have emotional histories to them and resonances that you, that you the client, may not even be aware. Mm. Um, and when you change even little words, you lose that. You lose that connection. Um, would you like to hear a story about a client? Yeah, I'd love to. So this is one I... I this had always stayed with me to remind me how not to change the client's word. So let me call her um, uh, Sally. Um, so um, Sally came in and um, she was without going into her history, but the, the point for the session that she wanted to work on was she was getting ready to go to the dentist and have some major work done. And this was significant for her. Um, she was very nervous about dentists. Um, and it also was a big financial commitment. Oh, yeah. And so partly she had been putting off this work for a long time because she wasn't valuing herself to spend the money on herself. Uh, so um, she was talking about this and she said, um, it okay, makes stop. Let's wait till that. Sorry. Yeah. Let me took the phone time. out, but the um, bass is ringing. Let me go move it. I'm so sorry. I thought it's I had. Okay. Been. That's all right. Let's just let, let it go until. Oh, okay. I got it marked. Yeah, but if I don't unplug it, what if it happens again? We won't. Okay. <laughs> Call it in. <laughs> it won't. 
it'll be fine. It's not going to happen until later. Uh, you're fine. Okay. Um, so continue on where you left off. So uh, it meant that she hadn't um, also hadn't valued herself enough to spend the money on this dental work. So this was a big deal for her that she had now sort of was feeling worthy enough of this. And she said she was proud. Now, um, one thing you learn about clean language is that um, when I'm repeating somebody's words, I don't change the word to make it grammatically sound right. You stick with the word. So I was, was relatively new in my learning. And uh, so I didn't change it to pride. I said, and is there anything else about that proud? And she said, it's got OU in it. Well, you know, I thought, well, that's interesting. Why is that significant? So I just said, and is there anything else about that OU in proud? And she said, well, you know, shout has OU in it. And so does um, loud. And I'm going to shout out loud that I'm proud. <laughs> and then she went into this whole thing about IOU and the money. And, uh, you know, I, mean, I just, and I'm just sitting there thinking, thank goodness I didn't change proud to bride. <laughs> so it can be very, very subtle what associations we have with words. And so clean language is clean because you change nothing of the client's words. Okay, so clean language has to do with coaching another person. Um, and so that you're not interfering, but helping them to uh, realize what's going on right. without changing their words. I think that's very powerful. But you also have uh, the dream logical world of inner metaphors. Now, for the average person out there, like me, what does that mean? Well, dream logical is a, is a term I, I coined. I thought, oh, I finally, I got it. Um, because your metaphors, our metaphors, everyone's, um, they, don't, they don't follow the laws of physics necessarily. They're more like in dreams. You know how in dreams your symbols can morph and change and... Yeah. Something becomes a person or something just disappears or melts or whatever it is. And that's the way the metaphors, the symbols are when you work with clean language and, and get into someone's inner experience, their inner metaphors. Um, they just don't always make sense. And it's, it's more like a dream. Interesting. I'm going to pause it there because I have to ask you another question. 1021. Okay. So are you talking to, uh, I'm getting confused. Are you talking to those who are wanting to be coaches or are you talking to the everyday law of attraction person trying to create using their words? Um, a great question. Well, this book, uh, Hope in a Corner of My Heart, is really for, for your general listener. Okay, so um, we need to really focus in on that. Okay. So, so let's not go so much into uh, coaching them, which was a great explanation about clean language. I get it. I think that was powerful. So I want to keep that in. But now I want to go directly to the person who will be profoundly changed by your book and okay. how they need to realize that what they're speaking is really affecting their everyday lives. 
Is that right. the right. the gist of it? Um, well, I, I would say uh, just just chatting before we record that um, to me the connection with law of attraction is because it's about getting really really clear on what you want and getting information from both the subconscious as well as your conscious mind so that all your needs are taken account of. So when you decide what it is you want to bring into your life and have that vision, it's, it's going to be crystal clear what, what it is you want. That is, that is so important to know. And, and so I'm leaving in what you just said about the law of attraction. So um, that's powerful. And that's what they're listening for right now. So I'm going to exit this out and then we're going to pick up from there. Okay, so let me ask you, Gina. The metaphors affect our everyday lives. In other words, we don't, we're, we're learning about these metaphors, but we're not seeing or understanding how much they're affecting us because we don't have a clear definition in our mind. Is that correct? Um, I wouldn't put it quite that way. Okay. Um, these are metaphors, what we call these inner metaphors or personal metaphors that our mind creates. So it's not about understanding another metaphor that someone else gives or whatever. It's this is how our minds work, our mind-body systems. We experience something. We compare it to something else we've had an experience with because we're trying to make sense of it. And we're trying to figure out how am I going to respond to that? What in my background in my past experience is going to inform how I'm going to respond to this? And so we're using those metaphors as kind of a file system. You know, we put all similar experiences under the one file. And it might be frustrations like hitting my head against a brick wall. Or confidence is an oak tree in my spine. Ah, that's where to put my attention in my spine. That's where I feel that confidence that's rooted and grounded and strong. Um, so we use our mind-body system um, and we use we create these metaphors now most of them we're creating subconsciously We're not aware we've done it, but those are the metaphors we're going to go to as that sort of the default of how we respond to a situation So Maybe getting in touch with your own metaphors is going to get you in touch with your deep inner wants and needs and knowing about your metaphors will give you the clarity Mm. about all of what you want and need, thinking of the law of attraction, so that you're careful about and, and concise about what it is you want to bring into your life, to sort of comprehensively treat and adjust to everything you need. Yeah. You know, I think of it as like, think of the fairy tales where they're genies and, you know, you get granted three wishes. How many fairy tales you know, the plot revolves around you didn't carefully word what you wished for. And so all these unexpected consequences happen. So this, this clarity that you can get using clean language to explore yourself and your inner world will help you, you know, make three careful and well phrased wishes of, sort of what you want to attract into your life. 
Wow, that now see that is very, very, very powerful because we don't have a clear idea of what we're actually saying to ourselves. I mean, mm -hmm. because it's all subconscious. So how do we get to that point where we can identify, wait a minute, what did I just do to myself? Uh, and knowing that we create everything in our world, everything, mm -hmm. what, how do we get to that point where we understand our own metaphors? Well, um, this is what clean language does. When you can get in touch with this symbolic world in your mind body system and it's probably a similar world to dreams i don't know if they're exactly the same thing or different but as i say they sort of morph and change and they've got a dream quality to them so perhaps it is the same thing um, so when you get in touch with that so how do you do that well that's what clean language is about um, i could give you some examples or read you yeah. one from the book but basically you know if you go in the book after each chapter that describes uh one of the sessions with um with Julia, there's a, uh, an exercise, an activity for the reader to do. So it gives you a couple clean language questions, it gives you some suggestions, and those are ways you can start to help find your own metaphors. Great, okay, so let's talk about Julia for a second. Yeah. She came to you, why? She had had um, an adult child um, who died. Um, yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you write a book, you change the details. You don't, I mean, I wouldn't want anyone to identify her. So her real name is not Julia and it's not exactly what happened, but she did indeed have an adult child who died um, suddenly. Um, and it was about, I believe, um, about eight months later, eight months since that event. And she felt she was still really struggling, um, that she just couldn't embrace life. She just couldn't get back on her feet and, I'm up and at them, you know, understandably. Um, so she came to sort of to work through that. Um, and so we did uh, 12 sessions over a period of a little over a year. So it was spread out. Um, but what happens many times when people come to explore, you know, whatever issue brings them into, uh, into counseling or to a coach, um, you, you can be surprised. It's not always the presenting problem. What you walk in the door the first time thinking is the issue is not always the thing that has to be um, to dealt with. And so I found it very interesting that in the 12 sessions, um, her, her daughter does come up, um, but um, the whole manner of her death and the suddenness of it and the various things about that, none of that is relevant. Um, interesting. She's, apparently, she's dealt with that. That's not what's the problem. What often happens with loss or with any kind of, um, of issue that's repeated in it throughout your life, when you experience it again, the other, the memories are triggered and things that are unresolved from those previous, in her case, loss also has to be worked out. And, um, and that's one of the things I love about clean language, both using it for my clients, but when you work on it with yourself, when you work with metaphor, you open yourself up to trusting that your subconscious knows what you need to do next. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and, and the other thing about working in metaphor, because I hear myself say that, and I imagine some of your listeners, some people are kind of, um, that idea of opening up can feel very vulnerable and maybe not safe. Um, and the beautiful thing about working in metaphors is there's a kind of soft focus about it. There's, you're not talking about exactly what happened, but that it was like this. Um, and so there, it feels a little safer. You don't have to worry about some 
beastly thing. That's interesting. Could you could you um, give us an example of what is in the book as far as the metaphor and what you were talking with uh, Julia? I think this will shed more light. Um, I'm particularly glad to um, have a chance to share this with you, um, you know, in an audio fashion, because what doesn't come across when you're reading a book is how... Um, how you sound with clean language questions. And it's the same for when you do it for yourself. You'll notice you repeat, you repeat words, so you sit with them, you go slowly, you really give yourself a chance to hear those words. So I'm, I'm gonna do that as I read this bit. Um, this isn't the first chapter, so you know, just as I've been talking, you've got some background already. So I'm just gonna jump in. Um, this is actually session number eight. Julia settled in her same chair with its familiar view of the garden. The plants in the fish pond have leafed out, and the distant sound of a lawnmower signal spring is here. Julia had generally felt more peaceful and relaxed after the last session, she says, but then her husband had a medical setback over the weekend, and those peaceful feelings shattered. Julia, I would like to get those peaceful, relaxed feelings back. She mentions the peasant girl as one of her symbols and the heavy buckets that were on her shoulders. The buckets are still there, but they're on the ground now, next to the sandcastle. I'm greatly relieved. It's wonderful not to have them on my shoulders. And this is me. And the buckets are off, and you're relieved. And when buckets are still there, on the ground, what would you like to have happen? I would like things to stay this way, to try not to carry any burdens, to have what I do in my life flow up from the inside out, rather than carrying around the burdens I felt from heavy sand, from relationships. And when flow up from the inside out, that's flow up like what? Like a flowering cherry tree, or, or no, like a fountain, like a beautiful fountain in Rome natural in the way it flows from the ground up. And when it flows up from the inside out, natural from the ground up, where inside is that fountain? It flows from my waist, up my chest, it radiates out from my ears and mouth and eyes. It's a natural energy that's able to flow. It's not blocked. Interesting. That is nice. That is nice. So the metaphors that we just heard or the what you were guiding her through mm -hmm. is really the metaphors have hold the emotions and the not only the emotions of the present, but the emotions of the past. Mm -hmm. So that when you realize what you're saying to yourself, you're, you're, you can free yourself up from the past and from the heavy burdens of the buckets today. Exactly. So here she was. She mentioned their relationships, that she's been carrying these buckets of sand. She talks about the peasant girl and having a yoke and another part on her shoulders. And she's been carrying these buckets of sand because her father told her she had to carry them. They're building a sandcastle together. And she realized, I don't want to carry these buckets anymore. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that wonderful? Ooh, sense of freedom I just felt. Woo! That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. So how long um, can 
I mean, it would sounds like this is a lifelong journey to constantly catch yourself on what you are thinking and what you are stopping you from getting clarity. Is that correct? Um, it is lifelong. Um, I'm not sure I'd say it's catching yourself. That makes it sound like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. I think of it as much more exciting that, you know, here's a way that throughout your life you can be getting in touch with um, your full mind-body systems wisdom and knowing and wants and um, that that's a great thing. And, yeah, we're, we're dynamic systems. We're always changing. We're always getting new experiences. Um, but I do think that by healing some of these old patterns and wounds, we can really move forward um, in a more healthy way, in a more helpful way, in ways that make us feel we're really um, meeting our true purpose and finding our meaning and feeling strong and confident in doing that. So in the law of attraction world, with the clean language and everything that you're proposing with the metaphors, um, it just brings, allows us to understand where our emotions are stopping us from creating the life that we want. Would that be correct? Um, I would say, yes, understanding, but actually um, understanding isn't really necessary for the healing to occur. I mean, think about a dream. Sometimes you think, well, I don't know what that was about. It was about a river and a canoe and I'm, you know, I've never been in a canoe. And, um, you know, you may not know what the metaphors stand for, but your mind-body system is understanding it and communicating and it's healing your patterns, whether you're consciously aware of what those metaphor means or not. It's not about getting a metaphor and then analyzing it and figuring out, now I understand. This is, this happens more at a subconscious level, I think. Um, so yes, oh, okay. you feel that, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be understanding. Under insight is not what heals. I think insight is highly overrated. So you're saying then that as soon as the metaphor pops up, it is al allowing itself to heal with the mind and body. Um, it does. Now, some, some metaphors... Um, that come up are, um, are supportive metaphors, like that, that oak tree in my spine. That's a good thing to know about. It's good to know where it's located because then you can sort of put your attention on that place in your body when you want to, to connect with that, that resourceful feeling. Um, and I would call that a supportive metaphor. And just spending time with it, getting to know it, is going to strengthen it. Okay. Um, but you'll also find some metaphors that, um, that aren't helpful, ones like your feet are stuck in cement let's say. There's a, there are a lot of stuck metaphors, one kind or another, right? Oh, yeah. Because many of us feel stuck in some way or another. Um, and there is a process, a sort of a strategy with clean language, um, and it's, it, it sort of comes through in the book, of how you work with changing your own metaphors. Um, so sometimes just getting to know about it, and people can change it. I think of a client who I did one session with. She wanted to start a new business. Um, and something she just felt was holding her back. And uh, so I talked to her a while, and she knew everything she needed to do. She was clearly smart, ready, organized, all those things. So I'm thinking, what is holding her back? Well, she finally found a voice, a voice that was telling her she wasn't worthy. Mm. And who did she think she was that she could do this, and she was never going to do it? And it was a little voice, I believe it was behind her right ear, 
So it was good. It was on the outside. It wasn't in her head. It was outside. It's a little harder if it's in your head, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and she realized it was her mother's voice. And so we work with, so what would you like to have happen when the, your mother's voice is there telling you all these, you know, these things? And she said, oh, I'm just going to turn down the volume. She said, I don't want to turn it off because it's my mother and I love her in other ways, but I want, I'm just going to turn down the volume. And it was done. She's like, oh, I just didn't realize that's what I was listening to. Finished and done. On she went. I think it's wonderful to realize that healing can take place in just a second and a short period of time. It doesn't have to be brought out for ages and ages and ages. Right. You've got it like, and, and I appreciate all the psychotherapists out there and, and everything, but sometimes they're, they're bringing it way out and you can't resolve the issues fast. So you're still creating all of the things that you're thinking. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think uh, generally you, you may have heard this term solution-focused or solution-oriented. And I think there's been a shift in the therapy world um, to, you know, not focus so much on all the whys of the past. You know, that was early psychotherapy, the last generations at a Freudian. You know, again, it's just the insight. If I understand all the reasons this happened, then I'll feel better. No, I still feel bad, and now I understand. <laughs> um, so what this is saying is, well, let's, let's focus on what would you like to have happen? That's the yes. key language question. And that's actually the law of attraction. We, that's have right. to, we have to stop focusing on what we don't want to so, start focusing on what we do. So it's a matter of changing our language within yeah. ourselves. Yeah, and our focus. And interestingly, I've found that if you get that really clear vision of what you want, of your real desire, it's not that all problems disappear, but the ones that come up that block you from getting that, those are the relevant problems. And they may not be the ones you thought they were. Yeah. You know, because you may have been in the past and you're busy blaming this and thinking it was that and, oh, it's, you know, I was treated this way in my childhood and maybe that was relevant. But when you get a really clear vision, it's much more obvious which are the problems that are actually keeping you from getting that. You know, and that's really important to understand. That really is. I mean, it, that's the precise language that we're all going, you know, childhood, everything, but then we come to a point where we've got to gain clarity, and that's the toughest point in people trying to achieve the law of attraction. That's number one problem, not getting clear on exactly what's going on and how to change that, how to change your language, how to change your thoughts to move forward. So you're right on target with that. Number one problem. Number one problem in law of attraction is the clarity. Is the clarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what will stop us immediately so this book will help you to to um, bring about clarity in your life in your words what you're telling yourself what you're feeling and it's it's absolutely fantastic I got to congratulate you on this this is brilliant it's called hope in the corner of my heart a healing journey through dream logical world of inner metaphors by Gina Campbell.
this is wonderful. Now, can they go to your website and purchase this? Um, you can, but I suggest the easiest way is to um, to go to my author's page on Amazon. Okay. Um, you can go through the publisher, balboapress.com. Um, but most of us are Amazon shoppers, myself yes. as well. <laughs> so um, especially if you have Prime membership or something. So, I, you know, I totally appreciate that. And then um, Barnes and Noble and other online book re re retailers have it as well. You know, but what's really easy about Amazon is you just put in Gina Campbell mm -hmm. and all of your books pop up. Yeah. And that's really good to see too. So, you know, for those coaches out there who want to know more about clean language, and that would be great to learn from your books. Mm -hmm. And goodness gracious, we have so many coaches listening in so this is important information and for a person who's not who's trying to get clarity in their lives so that they can make their lives better then i highly suggest hope in the corner of my heart which is a beautiful beautiful title well thank you jules and the title i can take no credit for it's julia's it came from her first session with me and she said oh i didn't realize i have hope i have hope in a small corner of my heart and oh. what's so, um, yeah, I'm getting chills because oh, I contacted her when I finished the book and, you know, said, um, would you like to read a, I mean, she'd given me permission years ago to use, you know, the sessions, but um, would you like to read it? And um, I hadn't talked to her in years. Um, and in fact, I end the book with her response, her paragraphs that are response. And it was so interesting to me here. I'd picked this title and she said, um, the thing that most, influenced her if you will the greatest thing she took from the sessions was that hope that she hadn't realized she had and held on to and I thought well I picked the right title oh yeah that <laughs> is powerful. exactly what she what she had most remembered that got her through those very difficult times and so now how has Julia's life changed well um, I mentioned early in the book she came in um, she was significantly younger than her husband by about 15 years and uh, he was about 80 at the time and he was starting to have health issues so that was one of the losses she was coping with was mm. he just sort of wasn't the person he had been they couldn't do the things they'd done and she told me that he had um, had developed um, Alzheimer's mm. and so about seven years following you know the book he had gone through this long decline and finally died um, but she was now sort of on the other side of that and her daughter had moved abroad and you think, Oh, and her grandchildren, she's so loved, but she gets to go to Europe and visit them. Yeah, that's pretty And great. there's a man in her life. Here she is wow. close to 80 is my guess. And um, she's got a special gentleman in her life or something, something like that is how she put it. Um, and so she looked great. She sent me some pictures. Um, you know, she sounded just great. And, um, I mean, I, to me, that's an inspiring story. Yes. It's been so hard. She lo loses a child. Her husband gets Alzheimer's. She just goes through all this, and she's just come out, you know, vibrant and embracing life and um, really sort of balanced and, and managing beautifully. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I do want to state before we are out of time that um, I apologize to any psychotherapist 
that may have taken my words negatively. I didn't mean that at all. Sometimes it does take a person years and years to get to that key point, and sometimes it doesn't. So all cases are not alike, and mm -hmm. so please don't take offense to what I say about psychotherapy because everything is according to what that person needs. And there's some very wounded people who had some, you know, extreme trauma early on, and, and that's really hard. And people yeah. often need support for a long time to, to work through that, or at various periods throughout their life. Right, right, right. Well, I did want to mention that. And again, I want everybody to remember this name, Hope in a Corner of My Heart. Go to Amazon, put in Gina Campbell, whether you're a coach or you want to understand and gain clarity in your life as to what you're thinking, what you're really putting out there so you can change your life. You change your thoughts, you change your metaphors, you change your life. Right? Right. Exactly. Okay. Thank Good. you so much, Jewel. Thank you, Gina. It's been a delight. And everyone, go to Law of Attraction magazine, read her article, which is absolutely brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And you're going to write another one for us, too. I am. Mm -hmm. what? I'm so anxious to read it. So thank you so much, Gina. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.